Welcome to Heart Size Fitness, guys. Today, I want to start this episode on heart rate variability and um, have a little bit of discussion in terms of what our guest today is going to bring forth. Uh, our guest today is Jeff Black. Jeff Unbreakable Black is his um, Instagram handle or his name. Um, and one of the things about Jeff is um, you should follow his story. Uh, you want to talk about inspiration, maybe not motivation, because you know how I feel about motivation. But if you, if you want to call it motivation, that's fine. Uh, inspiration is really what comes to mind. Uh, you should definitely follow him, listen to his story. And this is a true testament of whatever the mind believes the body will achieve. Uh, the sky's the limit. And only you can limit yourself when you yourself say, I can't do this. Um, with that being said, I don't want to talk or take away from um, this episode today. I want to just dive right into it. And I uh, want to thank everyone for listening, for following us at, at Heart Fast Fitness. It's been a journey. Uh, our, our listening audience continues to grow every episode. And we can't we can be thankful enough for the opportunity to, to uh, educate people in terms of the world of fitness, nutrition, supplementation. Uh, our partnerships keep growing with uh, different coaches. Uh, our partnership with Rejuven BHRT uh, has been a true, true success. And uh, we want to thank you all for participating, being part of that. So with that being said, welcome Jeff Black, all things heart rate variability. Welcome to episode 17. Wow. We just talked a little bit about that itself. Uh, hard to believe we're already on 17, right, Sonia? It's in, it's crazy because we've had some dope fucking guests. Like, it's been fire, yeah. It's been crazy. Uh, uh, yeah. Just in counting, I was going to say 15, then I realized it's episode 17. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Hearts Fact Fitness brought to you guys by Amino-Pure.com. Team Amino Pure here. Um, Sonia, talk to me a little bit about what's going on in your life here, and let's get rolling with our special guest today. Shit, dude. Um, <laughs> I've just been busy, busy with work, busy with school. We just got into a new, I'm doing a functional, big functional nutrition program right now, and it's just badass for like, in a whole month of labs. So it was really cool to just dive in. Like, I feel like different camps have different thought processes. So it's like, I've done a lot of training with like, like with Jeff and Jeff Sue and, and Jason, like that camp in Austin style. And so it's really cool to kind of have a different perspective um, where it's kind of like, there's three different protocols and there might be the right protocol for three different people, right? It's not necessarily one size fits all. So it's been really cool to like learn all that, but definitely a lot of a lot of like video lectures, a lot of reading, stuff like that. And other than that, just trying to survive the heat up here. Just, oh, I was in Vegas. That was cool too. Yeah, that was awesome. Very yeah, good. we did a last minute trip to Vegas. I don't know if we've recorded since then, but my boyfriend's like, hey, it's 4th of July. Like, let's go see Sublime. They're in Vegas. And so we flew down to Vegas like the next day and we saw them in Mandalay Bay. So if you guys haven't been there, their pool is like, it's like the beach. So it's like sand. And then there's like a waiting pool and then there's a stage. So it was so dope, dude. Like. We're standing like on the beach listening to Sublime on 4th of July and like everyone's just fucking tatted up and dickies and like old school LA vibes, which I grew up all around. So it was, it was fucking amazing. That's awesome. Amazing. I think yeah. We always need to disconnect a little bit, right? Oh yeah. And we well, slept I'll... in and worked out. It was awesome. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Uh, what's up? What's going on with Team Amino Pure and Hard Fast Fitness? Um, this week, the last couple of weeks, we've been working really closely with Rejuvenate HRT, our partner, uh, launching their their programs and trying to get some links with some really good coaches. Um, and it's been actually very, very busy. It's been busy just trying to get our, our partners uh, to join us in and discuss different projects that we have in mind that Sony's going to be part of as well. So it's, it's been exciting. Uh, no new products released by Amino Pure at all. It's just been crazy with, uh, of course, our L-carnitine Amino Pump, our flagship products. Uh, other than that, you know, just grinding every day, all day. So with that being said, let's, why don't we get started? I mean, we have a special guest today and it's been like trying to get the president of the United States here on, on Harfest Fitness, Jeff Black. Jeff, oh, well, oh man, you're going to do me like that on a fucking intro? Damn, all right. No, I'm, I'm all right my voice cracked on that one. I am <laughs> comparing you. I am comparing you to the president, bro. Come on. I mean, I'll take Which it. president? Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't say which president. We just said the president. Just- well, I mean, I'm <laughs> confident I can do a better job than what's in there and has been in there. So I believe in you. Are you still going to run for mayor? No, I moved into Wilson County, so I have to run for the state Senate seat, which I'm actually thinking about doing. And I actually walked out yesterday when I was with my uh, the lady that I'm seeing. We went up to Metropolis to go the buy some pot. you're seeing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm 40. It's a little different, you know. Dude, well, so am I, but I mean, I'm actually older. Older, but anyway, are, are you? Do you call? What do you call him at 40? Like your girlfriend? Uh, it's not there yet. It's not one of those yet. like it's evolving. Well, yeah. kind of like, like we're holding hands, we're hanging out. Yeah, just chilling. You know? so <laughs> we went and bought pop together, so that was very, very special, you know, bonding experience. But I told her about how I was going to fund my state senate run. I was like, look, I'm going to do an OnlyFans. And it's going to be book daddy. And it's going to be me naked out wilderness with books over my cock. And I'm going to give I the review that. of the book and it will be $5, you know, for the reviews of the book. And I feel like I'm going to not only educate, but I'm going to entertain. I'm going to take care of two of the ease that you need to do in the social media space. And that's how I'm going to fund my campaign. Perfect. So find your niche with everything. Exactly. It's always about finding finding that that particular market that, that you're suited for, right? <laughs> daddy market is a booming market. <laughs> the daddy market. <laughs> yeah, the, the book daddy market. You know, I have the corner on that. I can tell you right now, this episode is going to be fucking hilarious. I, I can already tell. It's, it's oh no, Sonny and I got good energy. We go back. Yeah, and we're yeah. We pioneered a whole sex episode together. So yeah, I mean, like, we, we went deep. I awesome. just uh, Anthony Spada had me on because he heard that he's like, I want to talk about sex because I've been on there to talk about like hormones and women and stuff like that. And it was we crushed it. We went through like the P spot and the O spot and the A spot and like <laughs> the type of rhythm you want to get on for like a for um like the vagus nerve orgasm versus like equatorial. Like we killed it on that. Oh God. <laughs> we'll I dive in. <laughs> sounds exciting. All right, guys. So let's, let's, let's dial it back into some a topic of discussion. Uh, even before that, Jeff, uh, do a, a very proper introduction of you, your company, what you're about, and then tell us a little bit about your story. You're, you're something that I've been actually reading up on. So King this, of this relentless gonna... forever himself. Yes, oh. so I get here of Iron House. <laughs> <laughs> so give us an intro. You have, you know, as long as you want for the entire episode to talk about HRV. But I think that uh, our listeners would definitely benefit from some of the things that you can share with us. Uh, a lot of times, we I I see it on my on DMs a lot. We have a lot of people that chime in and 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 go and tell us about their tell me or or even there are some of our coaches about our their journey and how they're struggling with ptsd they're struggling with depression they're struggling with all these things and the word can't i can't do this and i can't do that and they listen to our podcast 
we always like to, you know, really preach positivity. And I hate the fucking word can't. Or, or when people say, I can't, we can't do this. Well, tell me what we can do. So I think that from an inspirational standpoint, I think your, your story is actually very valuable for our listeners. So share a little bit about you, your company and, and your story a little bit. You know, man, I agree with that. I spent, I think the law of attraction is a very real thing. And if you're constantly saying you can't, you just circle the drain. And, you know, I mean, it's like people, you know, they fall off a diet on Tuesday. Well, I'll just start back Monday. I'm like, oh, no, you just get back on the next meal. But uh, I'm Jeff Black and, um, oh, man, like, oh, I'm terrible at talking about myself because of the whole, like, doing too much psychedelics. It just layers no, back your much. ego There's too never, much. It's never enough. Um, <laughs> but I, I reside in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I moved here in 2004 when I uh, got promoted and took a position with the Department of Homeland Security. Um, in 2005, I began working part-time at a gym because a training director kept assaulting me to join his staff because he saw my workout partner drop like 50 pounds in six months. And I couldn't handle any more hours with uh, Homeland Security. I was tapped out at 48. I, it's just where if you work for the government, it's a cesspool. They reward those who just cut each other up to get to the top. And it's just overall toxic environment. Mm. But it was the greatest lessons I ever learned for five years on how not to be a leader and how not to take care of people. So I got yeah. that like at a very young age, like that, that brash military side. Um, decided in 2007, after five years, I'd had enough, went full-time training and, and honestly never looked back, man. I mean, I've been in person since 2005. I got in the online space in 2019 when I launched the Excellence Cartel with Jason and Sue, by and large, until then I'd just been doing um, online stuff with, um, you know, like personal clients in person, like family members and stuff like that, and trying to build my systems. And, you know, I've my journey has been an interesting one in this space because I understood early on that leadership was something that no one really took advantage of in this space. They look at it more like, Hey, I'm a coach. So therefore it's positional. And, and I, and I argue, no, that's actually a trainer, a trainer's position in a, a coach's permission base. So like people are following Sonia because she's a coach. She gives them value and people who have followers simply display influence over them. And now influence can be good or bad, but you know, you, that is what you follow. And I think that a lot of coaches screw that up out of the get-go. Now, the other thing with that was I also knew that I wanted a lot more and wanted to be able to actually create impact. I never understood how I would get there, but I understood that I would need a team to do it because I wasn't going to be talented enough to be like a Kobe and carry 50, 60, 70 points a game that I'm going to be a good solid 30 to 40 but I need other people around me. And then just over time, just with Iron House, the coaches, Landon and Ashley coming together and then working and mentoring people. And then those people I mentored wanted to work with me for coaching and Relentless. It's just been a hell of a journey the last few years between the Excellence Cartel and the Physique Education Collective. And I mean, it's just been great. It's been, it's been good because for a long time, the industry was only certain voices. And now with technology, now with networking, with stuff like the Excellence Cartel and physique education collective there's so many opportunities out there for people <laughs> to actually be heard that it's great to see that coming out into the industry and not just the the certain people who run it and hold it tight i think one of the interesting things too that you said is like about the leadership thing and i think that's one of the, like the like i've been very successful in that in, in the coaching side of things like in a short time because my foundation is in that leadership stuff like i grew up like i had such a 
like for me, the greatest thing that you can do as a coach, if you're wanting to move in there is like, you can get your nutrition certifications. Like that's one thing, but like the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership is hands down, like one of the best books in the Simon Sinek start with why, where it's like, if you have those for, for me, it's like when you have those foundations with clients and you can start them off and you can use some of those things in the beginning and, and give them some of those lessons and how it's applicable to their day-to-day life, because it's true. It's like, it's not the food, right? A lot of these, a lot of times, like where a lot of these people are struggling and mostly with gen pop, because I feel like when people come in for competition, they have like their, a mindset, they have a why they have a goal, they have systems in place. That's why they're already moving into that realm of things, but they need direction and they kind of need, you know, um, someone to help them look at different, look at things differently and change their mindset with things. And that doesn't just come with like, Hey, let me move your fats from 45 to 40. Um, it comes with, okay, let me help you change your mindset of like, what are you willing to give up and go up in pursuit of your goals in pursuit of what you really want? What are you willing to set aside? What are you willing to set boundaries with? And that really just doesn't come from a textbook that teaches you about, you know, the metabolic, you know, the thermic effect of food, you know, so it's, 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 it's cool to hear you say that. Cause I feel like you, and I think Lauren Conlon too, are some of the few coaches that actually talk about that a lot in this industry. And, and it's a key, I think it's a key to success for these people to keep their goals long-term and not just have it be like a diet or like a fat loss phase. So my actual presentation at first form, it's me, Sue and Jason presenting on one topic, you know, yeah. 20 minutes each for an hour. I actually figured out what I was going to talk about, what leadership is. So the books say leadership is one thing, and I'm actually going to talk about what leadership really is. But what I've come to understand now with 13 years of intimate understanding and teaching this to other coaches inside of both gyms and online spaces is leadership is also nothing more than character development. And what I mean by that is if you, so it's a social lens issue. Ron might be viewed by some people as a four, level four. Ron produces people, Ron gets people going out there, but Ron might internally only view himself as a level one. I suck. I only lead this way. I think these things. And that's where the imposter syndrome gets beaten when you understand leadership and it's actually character development of you leading yourself out of the shithole that you're in to be able to properly lead other people. And I think that the fitness industry could really use that understanding of it because it's, it's the monkey see monkey do like, like clients are hiring you because they want you to lead them because they trust you. Right. And that's what they're empowering you to do. And you should do it. I think that a lot of things get lost and piggyback into what both of you guys said. Um, there's a lot of knowledgeable people out there, a lot of knowledgeable coaches, and some that I've actually followed early, early on, even before this this whole social media boomed out. And I think a lot of it, <clears throat> a lot of a lot of it has to do with not only how how much you know but the message and how you deliver that message to people. I think that's an art form that gets lost because every people are so dynamic and they're so different. And sometimes the message in, in, as a coach, or let's say what, piggyback on what you just said, as a leader, you need to know how to absorb and take as much out of every single person that you're dealing with. How am I going to turn all of that, the good and the bad, and how am I going to basically coach you to basically make sure that you are the best you that you can be. And I think that's, that's, that's character. And that's basically a lot of coaches don't have that. A lot of coaches may have the knowledge and say, do this, but then there's the type of people that they just don't take 
do this because I say so. They want to know why. And I think that's the message that a lot of a lot of people, a lot of coaches get lost in is the delivery. Some people need more handholding. Some people need to know why. Some people need to know, hey, this is my current situation. If I were to tell you the amount of people that actually ping us on DMs and tell us their entire story, how they're clinically depressed, their hormones are jacked. I mean, they go through this entire paragraph of what's going on in their life. And I think that a lot of times uh, coaches don't have the time or they don't care. I mean, I mean, either one or the other. I'm trying to figure out that, that, that thin line. I think that coaches that really care to really understand, okay, what is it going in your mind and what's going on in your body so that I can help you improve yourself? Those are the ones that are the, 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 the change makers in, in, the, in the industry. 100, 100%. But what I also think, and like this is where a line gets blurred and like I've had to set some boundaries as a coach is like we're also not mental health professionals. Totally. Well, we can absolutely help you. Like I'm always giving book recommendations, especially like how to do the work for a lot of my clients. It's like, it's a huge thing of like how the body and the, the nervous system are actually like um, tied into like inner child trauma or just trauma in general. And a lot of times with like these, like more like functional, like cases where it's like people are coming in with SIBO or like PCOS and stuff. There's normally like some trauma associated in some of those cases and like how having them work through that. And then also like knowing, I think as a coach in the beginning, like I took too much responsibility like now I'm doing 30 minute zooms once a week, but I feel like I'm their therapist. And it's like, it's no hard. One recommend somebody out. And also like that person has to be willing to do the work. Yeah. So I think hard. a lot, I think a lot of it is coaches just aren't equipped to understand what this really is. And what I mean by that is, as you grow in popularity, your rights go down and your responsibilities go up. And that's hard for people to do because in the beginning, when you're a coach, people are hiring you because, hey, I like the way Ron looks. Ron's got some shoulders, got great waist. I'm hiring Ron. Ron gets five, 10 people. Then before you know it, he's got referrals because Ron did a good job. And then you've got 20 to 30 and you, you're not used to like something I started talking about which I'm actually going to produce a program for and work with coaches on. I want to work with coaches like on the mental health stuff, like the Tim Grover shit. Yeah, no one's that. talking about mental health with coaches because I know when I have, I have about 120 clients I work with. I know that after check-in day on Thursday and Friday, like just I'm gone until maybe Saturday morning at best. Yeah. And no one's really talking about that, but you're right. We absorb so many things. And I think a lot of it is, I don't think it's not so much. I think 20% of the industry doesn't care coach wise. They're just in it for the hustle and the, the hustle and the flow. But I think 80% yeah. are just not largely equipped. And the ones that are just can't manage to be able to help others because they're drowning in their yeah. own shit. Too. I 100% agree. That was, that was a big, especially during COVID. I feel like I took so much on that I was like, and really trying to be there with my clients. My business was growing so fast that I literally just felt like I had nothing left to give to anybody. Like, <laughs> like can't be in a relationship, nothing. Just cause I have like, I got nothing to give. I gave it all. And normally by the time I got to my last client of the day, they got a fucking piss poor version of me. And I don't think that, I mean, it's human nature. I think that's human nature to no matter how much you try, you, once your brain is fried, it's fucking fried. And if you push, I, I, I talked to Sony about this where I push, 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 push. And then I'm catching myself making mistakes left oh. and right until the next fucking day. I'm like, I can't, what the fuck was I thinking? What was I doing? Right. Because my mental state wasn't a hundred percent. And no, it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And, and it's true. It's, it's, it's very true. So it's like, I, I rely on, I rely on some people to, to, um, and, and now we have a, a team of people that I work with. Uh, I rely a lot of them to like, basically tell me, Hey, 
why don't we just call it a day because we've been at this 14 hours right literally 14 hours so it's important to find that balance i think and it's it's great it's a great topic of discussion yeah we talked me and sonia talked about this there's something known as theme days i'm real big on and so thursday is my check-in day that way i know thursday and pretty much friday with the spillover all i've got to do is be present to be the best coach i can be on thursday and uh, the rest of the stuff takes care of itself. And I think a lot of coaches just need to get better organized and, and things like that. But, I, I, you know, it, it's definitely wanna, a whole conversation in itself. I want to ask you a question on that because right now sure. I do Mondays. And I know so a lot of you can do because Mondays – and I figured, like, from I, yeah, you should just spread all over. And I was like, let's be consistent. Do you feel like it's almost easier to have it be at the end of the week because that way you can focus on, like, the business stuff, podcast, like, get programming earlier in the week? Monday is my meetings, leadership days, Tuesday yeah. is my podcast day, Wednesday is total content creation day. I have to do two videos and two pieces of articles before I'm yeah. done. And then that, so if I get done at noon, I have all the way till Thursday morning before check-ins to relax and recover. And then that's what I found works best for me. That way I could go with, like Ron said, my mood is not influenced by other shit that I'm trying yeah. to handle while I help my clients. Monday is already kind of like the beginning and the start of so many yep. You know, it's yeah, terrible day to do check ins. I think <laughs> yeah, I'm changing, I'm inspired, dude. Uh, my HRV is going down from this. I can, <laughs> you know what? I am so glad you said that because that is as much as I love talking to you guys, you guys are like awesome, right? Let's talk about HRV because it sure. is something that people have been wanting to ask, uh, not wanting, been asking a lot. Uh, and I think that we we, we have uh, in the DMs. Yeah. So let's talk about HRV. So, Jeff, what is let's start with the basics, right? What is HRV? Give us the, the scoop in layman's term, and then we'll dive in a little bit more on the, the complexity of HRV and the good, the bad, the ugly. So I always tell everybody this. Think of HRV as a lens into your ontomic nervous system, and that is a, you know your fight or flight or your rest and digest, sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system. But what it is is HRV is a measurement of the inner beats between your heart. So most people think their heart beats like tick, 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 you know, just kind of goes along. That's not the case. There are these subtle differences, these nuances between heartbeats, which are known as the RR intervals. And think of that as code for like your computer. And it's basically telling your body, hey, we're more fight or flight or we're more rest and digest. HRV has been around for a while. It's been um, used in, I know when I talked to Dr. Taylor about it, when I took, um, when Jason and I were down there for the PEC in Atlanta, he was using it like with the fetal monitors to understand like women's resiliency to stress. So a lot of it's been on the heart monitors, but as tech has emerged because tech is a beautiful thing and it's always innovative, we now have the ability in first, second, third generations that are kind of coming along to be able to measure HRV. And it's not perfect. It's got a lot of different variances and now you have your damn team whoop and your team aura just like you have team ford and team chevy but um i think it's just a matter of finding what you can understand most of all but hrv is to me going to be a future hot trend for everybody and everything i think so to put it in layman's would you say that, that hrv the heart rate variability is the minor beats between every major beat it's no it's just the h heartbeat has its own tone and it's just measuring the interval between each beat. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's basically letting your body know how much stress it's under. And if your HRV is chronically low, it means your allostatic load is too much. And that's the amount of total stress your body can handle before it starts going into the chronic realm where you see that like with hypoadrenalism and 
some of those other not so sexy things you see people get. So can you relate, can you, so by monitoring, and I know I, I, we ha I had some, uh, some of our, our uh, clients basically ping us on DMs asking. So what is, can you pinpoint if you're, if you're going through some adrenal cortisol stress, stressors by just looking at HRV? Yeah, if it's always in the trash, your body's releasing a bunch of cortisol and there's something yeah. stress going. You're not either, it's showing you're not able to recover something. So there's some stressor now, whether it's too much cardio, not eating enough. Um, you got to remember, yeah, like if you don't eat enough, the micronutrients, if you don't have a good amount of micronutrients, that will affect your HRV. Yeah. Like sodium, potassium, um, calcium, all that, electrolytes, yeah. all that shit. Salt actually impacts HRV too. Cause if you're in a low, if you're in a dehydrated state, you will actually be more, you know, HRV will be lower because there's more stress on your heart. The blood's thicker. One so. thing I noticed too is, so I was doing like a, I came down on like cardio and like all this kind of stuff where you're like trying to do like a, a healing process before I was with Jason with a different coach. And it's like my HRV was still always in the tank and I was doing like nothing, like just small walks, like eat it, feeding up all the things. When my gut started healing, my HRV started improving. It was like incredible. I didn't... And it's like one of those things where it's like, you don't really feel like, oh, okay, like that's it. But it's amazing. Like we don't necessarily feel things, but our body is like being, it could be being attacked and be going through like stresses that we don't even know. So sometimes like I'll tell people like, well, do you feel stressed? And they're like, no. And it's like, okay, well, let's look at it. You have chronic inflammation. You've got arthritis. You've got these things that are like quote unquote stressors on the body. And that can be, that can affect your HRV in a major level. I used to have the whoop. Right. And I think Sonny, you probably have the whoop and maybe even you, uh, Jeff, I used to I have, have the whoop. Yeah. So I, ha I used to have the whoop and what I've noticed in myself, I chronically run high cortisol. I just have my blood work and it's interesting. No. Yeah. I'm telling That's you, real. I'm fucking telling you, I'm lying to you. Shut up, Sonny. Uh, <laughs> uh, my cortisol is always 19. It's been as high as 21 or 22, I think, which I've been crazy, but I don't think I've ever seen it like really low, low. I think the lowest I've ever seen it was like 17. And I got so tired of the fucking whoop because it was like, I don't need this stupid thing to tell me <laughs> that my, my sleep is poor. Do you want to change it or not? Right. So right. Big fucks and little fucks. You're like, I'm growing a business right now. What can I actually manage, right? And like, okay, well, what gets managed gets measured. But if you're not willing to do anything with that data, it doesn't really matter. So, so where I'm going, I'm going to throw this out there because I'm an honest person. But when I presented at the PEC, I showed in data where my HRV went down as I was doing more growth hormone and more trend and things like that. Yeah. That was my first pass doing it. And really understanding the data to understand. So to give you an example, um, Ron, I, when I first got my whoop, it was like 19 to 20, my HRV. And I was like, well, all right. And I needed a new goal at like going into 40. <laughs> I needed a new goal going into 40 to like start working on. For so those like, guys listening, that is like, that's like, I would say a low day is like 60. You know, normally it's like yeah. 80, 90s and green. So when he's saying it's 20 to 30, it's literally like fuck all dust. You yeah, know? I, I had 11, okay? 11. So if, you ever, if I drank once and got one, so don't feel bad. <laughs> but, but what it does is it was really interesting. So at the beginning, it was very frustrating to me, but then I looked at it like a game and I started looking at like Tetris. Well, if I put this piece over here, how do I do this piece over here? And believe it or not, dude, it led me to get a whole new bed. I sleep in certain sheets. My house yeah. goes to 65 degrees. I sleep with a black yeah. mask, white noise, fan. Now I went from deep sleep numbers of 20 minutes all the way over an hour, really consistently. Nice. And, but 
So now I am, let me give the comparison here. When I was showing in my research, I was, you know, trending and all these other things. My HRV was just going back down. I built it up into the forties, went on a 19 door Andro cycles and just was, went the other way. During this prep, I am now at 600 milligrams of trend and my HRV is escalating because of my walking. Really? I see. My, I'm, I'm in the 50s. My, my HRV has been improving during my fucking prep because of all the steps I've been taking. Wow. Because it, so it's mental breaks is what I figured out. And I get away every, cause you know, I mean, you know, when you're in prep, you know, you eat about every two and a half hours or so. And that 15 minute disengagement, dude, I walk away. I go clear out my personal shit in my head. When I sit back down, it's focused back work. Like my stress, my anxiety, I'm sleeping better. Uh, the steps after meals were a game changer. And I could show you with my HRV where it went up. And even Jason's like been, holy shit. Cause the whole time during prep, my, I haven't changed one move. I, there's not been one yeah. diet change. The only thing I've done is stepped and I've been escalating drugs the whole way through. And my HRV has been climbing. And, and just, just one second, Sonia, for, for our listening audience, one of the fucking things I love about you, Jeff, right now is like, you keep it so raw and so out there. I mean, not a lot of people like to talk about their cycle, but just so, so people understand 600 milligrams of trend, usually people, when they run Trembolone, their sleep goes to shit. Oh, no, I'm seven hours a night, baby. It's great. No, it, I don't it, sweat. It's crazy. It's crazy mm-hmm. because what yeah. Trembolone does, and correct me if I'm wrong, it actually deregulates dopamine and serotonin levels in your brain. So it correct. makes you basically very awake. Anxiety sets in, lack of sleep sets in. Cortisol usually goes up, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, cortisol usually skyrockets with, with Trembolone. So as I've been doing this, and if you watch my stories, which I know a lot of people have been, I've been adding salt as I've been getting leaner and my BGs have been staying consistent. Like I'm always in the seventies now. I saw that before every single meal, but it's, you know, this is a prep. I haven't done any T3, no clen. I've just literally done three thyro boost today and 200 milligrams of test. I started at 13 weeks out with 200 trend and then I bumped it and bumped it. And now I'm at your L-carnitine. I just started 1400 milligrams the other day where I've been jamming 700 and then put the orals in in the last minute. But this is the best I've ever felt. I'm starting to feel it a little bit now just because I'm getting so lean, like sitting down sucks for a while. But uh, I will never do another prep another way. I think the walking after the meals, like it is such a game changer and it's yeah. so easy to put your fucking schedule. Like no one... You can't argue to me like, oh, you can't go take a 10 minute walk after lunch. You know what I mean? Like, and I have clients starting to do it and they're like, dude, I feel so much better. But that's one of the things like with HRV monitoring, I would never have known, even though I felt better, I would never really had the data to quantify, was this helping me or not? Considering that my old Jeff would have just been like, well, I'm taking trend and shit. I'm everything probably sucks and just not paying attention. But meanwhile, I'm on trend and my resting heart rate sits at 60 I don't have any night sweats and I'm getting seven hours of sleep a night. And it's pretty good sleep with the exception of the piss breaks as you get leaner, you know? Can I ask you a question? Were you microdosing sure. during your last prep versus now? I am doing the same microdosing regime I did during my last prep. And are you which is three times a week? Okay. And are you doing what? And I don't know if you want to talk about this or not. I'm pretty sure. sure. No, I don't got nothing. Are, I don't are you fun. microdosing with mushrooms or LSD? LSD. Yeah. Do you notice a difference in? So like for me, I think my recovery seems to be less when I do microdosing with LSD versus mushrooms. My, my HRV seems to go up and my recovery is better. So for me, for me, HRV with LSD usually increases 20 points the next day. Um, With the mushrooms, it's roughly the similar one, 
but sometimes I have gastro gastrointestinal from it, and then I'll get the HRV tanks because of that. Yeah, I know. You can also pick up food sensitivities with HRV. That's what's super cool about yeah. it. And I, I mean, I figured out like, uh, cause I got that elite HRV monitor where you could run it the whole time. Yeah. And I was like, you know, and I got a blood glucose monitor at the same time. And I was watching like, and it was like, oh, okay. And court and interesting enough, you know how people talk about that Everly well test and the inflammation stuff. Yeah. Everly well was exactly similar to what I had experienced from my own stuff. It was pretty on point with yeah. So I have, a question. I have a question. One of our one of our listeners actually had asked me to ask you this question. Okay, sure. So one of the things that they actually noticed is that their HRV actually drops when they have a lot of sugar. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it leaches your micronutrients out, and it revs your heart rate, and it will get like a dump of cortisol. So, is, right? Uh, yeah. So I've noticed something. My refeed has gone from four hundred. We did 800 last Friday. Yeah. Um, and as I've gone through my refeeds, I noticed that my blood sugar response has gotten like, you know, it'll be more in like the upper 80s. If I take a quart of ease and mitigate the cortisol, yeah. then my blood sugar goes back down to the 70s. But if I use a GDA max, nothing changes. So a Are lot of saying- that, when you dump oh, a lot of carbs on the body, it causes a cortisol response because the the spike of insulin is so high. Yeah. So you can alleviate a lot of that by taking like ashwagandha and things like that. Yeah. Are you doing any slim in this cycle or insulin? Nope. Okay, cool. Awesome. And that's that's newer for you, right? Because you normally run pre, I normally do insulin pre-workout. Dope, dope, my meals. Dope, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. This prep has been like very different. I don't think I would have booked this normally in my past Jeff you know, three weeks out from the show and been like, oh, I have the energy to be on a podcast, but I mean, I feel good. I'm enjoying things. And the only difference I've made this damn thing has been steps and salt. That's the only two changes I've done. One of the things things I have a question on, you're you're eating 800 carbs and your glucose blood levels is 70? On his refeed, on his refeed. So here- yeah, but that's, that's still, that's still to, to, on, a, on a refeed to have an eight blood glucose. So, insane. I, now, this is where it gets like really disturbing. Like I was sending this to Chase. I mean, it, it's, it's, partially, it's partly like unbelievable that you're having that type of glucose levels at 800 carbs, even on a refeed. So I'm at 250 carbs four days a week. And my BGs normally sit 60s, 70s. I go to 300 two days, still say it's about the same. When I was going on that 800 carbs, you could see in the beginning of the day, because I normally eat, you know, I eat like the first three meals, probably 350, 400 carbs there because I train early. I train at 8 a.m. at 9 a.m. So I get two meals in me before I train. You could see my blood sugar be elevated. And then Friday by noon, I'm normally done with work. And once I started relaxing and taking a quarter ease with every single meal, my carbs, my blood sugar by my final meal was 71 going into it. And I'd already had 700 carbs. And that's two, you're doing two and a half hours in between meals. I'm doing about, well, it's roughly because I eat my first meal at five, five, 15, my last meal, five, five, 15. I do a 12 hour fast. Yeah. So it's about like, it works out to be about every two, two and a half. Like in the morning, it's like meal one's at five, meal two's at 745. Then it's 10 30, 12 30, yeah, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock. So, what do you, what do you, I, I, I'm curious, hold on a second, because I'm still curious about this. What do you attest 
your your what what I know you talk about a little bit of a differences here and there in terms of your prep, but what do you attest your blood glucose level with with yeah. running higher carbs? What is the one determining factor that actually is causing this? Causing. Say what? So what's the determining factor that's that's helping you maintain your 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 blood sugars control? Yeah. It's the steps. It's the steps in the salt. Because you get- that. they've done they've that's that's a yeah. There's some good research in that. I did that yeah. for my last prep and it, I, I fucking was lean. Yeah. And- so yeah, it's something known as G flux. Brandon uh, Cruz actually yeah. brought it to my attention, but I've, I've known about it. And it's just one of those, like until someone's done it, I really don't pay too much attention, you know, that I respect at least and I respect the shit out of Brandon. So he was telling me that they did studies on the Amish people where they took about 15, 20,000 steps a day and they were just eating what they wanted. And they are by far the leanest of our population. Right. And I had been like, you know, that's really interesting. And then I'm friends with Jamie Pender. And she told me when she did a prep with Stan Effering that he was telling her to take steps after yeah. meals. Yeah. And then I go on a dive and walks. Yeah. yeah. Wilson uses that too. And, yeah. and, yeah. and I'll be honest with you. So this is the other thing I picked up on. Has my BG has, I can always tell when I'm like getting more dehydrated, my BG will subtly go up. And the moment I start putting more salt back in, my BG goes back down. And you got to think as you get leaner, you don't hold as much water. You're not holding as much salt. And if you're actually like low on salt, your body will release aldosterone, which will cause insulin resistance. And then you're just going to be a, a vicious cycle. And if you watch people, like I have my gym pop clients track their salt. And you'll see it like at a thousand or fifteen hundred milligrams Monday through Friday, and the moment Friday night happens, margaritas hit the picture. Like you'll see it like escalate to like six, seven thousand milligrams in the weekend. They put all this weight on. Like, but do you see that? And once they visually see that, I'm like, if you eat salt more consistently throughout the week, you won't hold that water because your body will be in a better position, and their blood glucose levels will usually get better too. How does um, HRV change with age? So people listening that are like 20 versus like 50 or 60. Uh, as you get older, it gets worse. <laughs> you know, you're trying to beat that clock and it really depends. So that's like the thing, like if you see some of them, they say it want, you want to be greater than your age and number, right? But they're really like, if you look at Aura and you look at Whoop and you look at these, they're just telling you like how you're ready they're not telling you like how that HRV score really is in the standard. So I tell everybody, you got to pick a tech that you like that your eyes can read and then follow that tech to understand what they're doing because every tech has its own, own thing out there. And they'll, the, the way they get their HRV numbers is different for every single one of them. So can you explain a little bit how the vagus nerve is kind of tied into HRV? Oh yeah. That's the modulator of uh, HRV, you know, yeah. that, that's like your highway. So think of that as like I five, it's just yeah. tons of information going from, you know, basically your gut to your brain. Yeah. It goes everywhere. I think it touches everywhere, but your adrenals, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, it's connected to your prostate and your G spot. Just side. Yeah, it is. But what it is, is it's your actual major marker of inflammation. And yeah. if your vagus nerves inflamed, you'll get like some things known as preatrial contractions, PVCs, where your heart will skip a beat, indigestion, all these things. But regulating your vagus nerve is huge in your HRV because like that's your main modulator of acetylcholine and it's your main modulator of your inflammation. And if you can like do your vagus nerve work and breath work and things like that, meditation's free. It works 100% of the time. Yeah. You can vi- like vigorously gargle too. Mm-hmm. 
I'm super curious, like, because I know the Vegas, this like just occurred to me. I know the Vegas nerve has such an impact on HRV. If anyone ever tracks, like whatever it is, just my mind, but like, or like orgasms and how those affect HRV throughout the, like just in general, like overall, just because if you have one through like a G spot orgasm or a prostate orgasm because of the release on the, on the vagus nerve, I wonder if it would change any fluctuations in HRV or if I'm just like thinking outside the box too much. I think the only way you would know that is if you had something that was measuring it real time in the moment, Yeah. because where you're usually getting these readers are, it's, it's understanding the workload you did the day before, like the case of whoop, a strain. Got it. Yeah. And then it's basically saying you did this and then your sleep was this. And then through their calculations, calculations and that's it. like the big thing that like, I try to tell people, they always will argue me well, your HRV should be this. I'm like, but how did they get the calculation? It's proprietary right. information. They're not telling you what's behind the tech you have to go off of what their number scoring is and just kind of hope for the best. Talk to us a little bit about the different things that can affect HRV that people should look out for. Oh God, that's so much. I mean, stress, too much cardio, not enough food, not enough sleep. Um, cycles, right? Hormonal fluctuations. Yeah, hormonal fluctuations. You'll see all that. You know, men are a little bit more resilient. So and what I mean by that is, Men usually fix them with testosterone. They're pretty much kind of on their way, get the estradiol dialed in. But where men really struggle with HRV is because we're very fight or flight dominant. We're very tense. So we're always releasing adrenaline, norepinephrine, which is why men are more prone to heart attacks. So I always tell guys like HRV is really good for guys, especially if you have heart disease and things like that. Because if you're really trying to manage stress and you got a temper problem, well, you kind of see where that HRV shows up. And I've had a couple of guys kind of change their life. I know for me, it was eye-opening because I tend to be very like, fuck yeah, like I'll go like hard in the pain immediately. And this has made me kind of pull back a little bit sometimes back. Like, okay, I just need to control my emotions a little bit better. And I need to kind of like take a few minutes breaks. And it's just been different. HRV's given me permission to take better care of myself. I think more, than, more than anything is you start analyzing different factors. I think yeah. a lot of it comes with age. A lot. Yeah. Of, I mean, I'm nowhere near what I used to be when I was 30, nowhere near what I used to be when I was like 28. You fucking touch me, I'll punch you in the face, right? Now yeah. it's kind of like, do, do, I, do, you, do you really need to go there? I mean, you got to pick and choose yeah. the way that it's going to affect you. And I think that with HRV, and, and you're right about the technology, because there's different technologies out there that do monitor HRV. <laughs> and they're all, even if you contact Whoop, and I've talked to Whoop about this, they will tell you that their technology is proprietary, but every single one could be different. So you got to pick a technology, kind of like what you said, and say, okay, how do I feel with this reading being 22? Right? Is it, is it, does it really mean that um, if I grab a different technology and I'm measuring HRV and I could be maybe a 30 or a 40, which, which is accurate? I think you need to, it's kind of like buying a scale. You need to stick to that scale because there may be some variability from scale to scale. Right? So it's, it's one of those things. So let me ask you a question. I do want to throw one thing out there though. I like the HRV readings for women for one reason it gives women permission to put themselves first. And women have a hard time putting themselves first. So if you get like a single mom who's like a boss bitch and she a bad, bad girl, you know what I mean? And you're trying to correlate to her like, honey, you can't do 1200 calories, six step classes day a week in bar and all this stuff and da, 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 da. It's really good for giving women permission to start taking better care of themselves because 100. women are very visual on that. And they go, oh, well, 
the more I rest, the better I feel. And, and it's very psychological. And I think it's a big shoulder train. I think one of the biggest things for me when I got my whoop was realizing uh, not on the anger side of things. I mean, I'm not really like a angry person or whatever, but they're like, not the same thing. Right. I don't have as much test pumping through me, but for me, I just realized like my lifestyle and the way that I ran my schedule and everything was like, go, go, go. Like, okay, now I got to go to this and I got to go to daycare and I go here and now I'm gymnastics and then we're here and then we're going to go short. And I'm doing like, that was causing that, that lifestyle was causing a lot of stress in my life. So I was like really optimistic, like, Oh, I love my life. I'm blessed. Like I'm just too blessed to be stressed. Like, but also like the, the way that I was running my schedule, always having something to do, always doing that, realizing that that way of living was actually impacting my health greatly. And then I started realizing when I pulled back, how much that same lifestyle was affecting my kid right? Because everything in her life is hurry up and go stop. Wait, no, don't let's everything is like, okay, we got to hurry up, hurry up. Come on, let's hurry up. And then it's like, wait, 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 wait. You know, it's like, and that was something that I realized with, with having my whoop and like kind of seeing the trends in my life. It's like, okay, well, what can I change? And then once I started changing those things, I was like, dude, I'm modeling everything for my kid right now. And I was like a huge impact in my life. Huge. I have a question for you, Jeff. I know that I know that um, we, we, talk, we talked about having low HRV and high HRV, and usually typically high HRV is good, but what is too high of an HRV? So what, what is, it, is it really bad when you have a very, very high HRV, or is there like a typical range you want to stay within? Okay, so I've seen this a few times play out. And again, it's subjective because HRVs depend on every person. Like Whoop told you, like me, you, and Sonia can stand in the same room and it's going to score us all different. But the three cases that I've seen HRV escalate into like numbers like two and 300 were all by clients of mine who were doing marathons or some kind of like intense ultra kind of competition where they were just training so much that you get like almost like your body loses its ability to respond and you get like an over parasympathetic state and you're just kind of very listless and they all matched up for that. Because I knew their training. So what would happen is, you know, I would, you know, feeding them up going into their race. They felt more and more listless and more and more devoid. And their HRV was actually climbing. So, even, even while training, because usually doesn't HRV usually start lowering while, while you're on training? a lot of those endurance stuff, those guys and women will have very high HRV numbers and they will sometimes escalate going in. I've seen it play out a few times and I've seen others where, you know, shit, they get training for a 12 mile marathon. And by the end of it, they're like terribly chewed up, you know, reds, 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 reds. And then you have someone like me doing a prep where I did this a year ago and the same cycles, same kind of thing, you know, going into a prep and then had to pull out because of COVID and my HRVs were one thing. And then a year later I add steps and do some different stuff and it's a different story. And that's where I go with HRV. People want to go people's the answer to HRV is this. You need to find, like I said, a tech, but you need to understand this is a long play. This is not just something that I go draw blood work and I go, oh, my reverse T3 is 19. I go get some stuff to clean out my liver and, you know, work on my inflammation. That This is something that you're going to find over time you tailorize to you. And therefore, it's not as sexy. You know, it's more driven for the people who want to make real lifestyle changes. I think that, that was my next question. Is it so let's let's put this to rest. You would say that the biggest majority of HRV where you're having too low or too high HRV 
it's a lifestyle change that needs to happen. You need to identify, hey, this is what, what am I doing within my everyday lifestyle that is causing this parasympathetic or sympathetic response that could be harming myself? True. And this is why I correlate. This is how I'll say it. Me and you could train chest the same exact way, and we're going to get two different responses. HRV, we're going to wear that device. We're going to do the same exact thing, and we're going to get two different responses. And people got to stop looking for the whole, well, Sonia's HRV 74 every day, and why is mine 22? Well, shit, Sonia goes to bed at the same time every night, and she's got this routine. You know, and there's so many variables that that's why I'm saying HRV affords people the opportunity to really make an impact on their life in the terms of the quality of life. Because no matter what device you buy, with the exception of Apple, because that's just trash, um, as long as the trend is improving, then you know your health and your longevity is improving. Yeah. Talk to me about HRV and dehydration. I know we talked about um, uh, cortisol. Obviously, it all correlates to stress relief or not. I know we talk a lot about cortisol and adrenal fatigue, and we're going to have a whole episode on adrenal fatigue. I think Jason's going to be on that for that one. So can uh, just to put this to rest, HRV can be impacted by slight dehydration in the morning. So what I've noticed is like usually, and I brought this up in, 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 in the past, whenever I wake up, my glucose levels are usually pretty high. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it takes some time for me to see them dropping under a hundred. Um, in, in, I, when I was having my whoop at that time, I noticed that my HRV was, wasn't ideal or optimal, let's say. What are your fasted blood? Like, I'm just curious, like, what is that? Like 105 or hundred? Yeah. 102, 103. So a lot of it, I think had to do with dehydration. That's yeah. the reason why I'm, I'm trying to correlate dehydration, blood, uh, blood glucose levels to also eat low HRV yeah. or not. So talk to us a little bit about that. Sleep. Yeah, no, for sure. So I guess, Mark, do you wake up by an alarm? Uh, no, my, my body basically is up. Like I'm not a deep sleeper. Uh, I don't sleep deep. Um, so my eyes just at 536 or, and lately, actually as the last week and a half, two weeks, 430. I mean, yeah. the other day, it was funny. I was, te- I was texting with Brandon at 330 in the morning because I was already working and it was six o'clock his time. And he's like, why are you up? I said, man, I've been working since 330 because my eyes just go boop and my brain just won't stop. It just keeps yeah. going and going. And I'm like, fuck, I might as well do some work. I'm quite awake at 330, but then I crash around one o'clock and then I get so busy doing other stuff that I don't go to bed till like midnight. So I'm fucking sleeping like four or five hours at, that, at, at some, some instances. So obviously lack of sleep, but yeah. right. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a it's not great science. Like yoga, things that calm your central nervous system down, like breath work before bed, working within your nostrils, like just kind of like doing microdosing. I I'm opting now to basically lay on my, the floor here and shut in my computer. After a day like that, I know definitely my cortisol levels are going to be, are, are definitely high and I can feel it. Right. And I just turned, it's dark. I just lay there for 10 minutes and it helps, but it's kind of like three days on, two days off, three days on, two days on. I would like that to see it consistently, but sometimes my lifestyle doesn't allow it for the time being at least. But I really want to dive into, into what we just talked about dehydration, HRV scores. And what does that mean? Because I know that a lot of our, our whoop users uh, that, 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 uh, mentioned that, me, uh, that messaged us were asking about that because there, some of them are, are long distance runners. Some of them are doing, uh, you know, a lot of hit type of exercises, uh, CrossFit or whatnot. And they noticed that, that same trend. 
So if you go out there and you go looking in the literature, Scott Abel wrote a good article about salt and then Stan Efforting. And a lot of what you see is for about every half gallon of water, you want to replace it with two to four grams of salt. Okay. And this is usually stood up pretty well with myself and clients. Um, and what I mean by that is most people do walk around in a state of dehydration when you train pretty hard. You know, they, if you look at a lot of stuff that Dr. John Sticalantio has done, who wrote the salt fix, he was saying that you lose up to a hundred micrograms of iodine one hour sweating heavily. Well, iodine is a necessary molecule for thyroid. And what do most women have who do all those hit classes who sweat their ass off and all the hot yeah. yoga classes and all that good old thyroid issues. Huh? Yeah. They got thyroid issues. And a lot of people who are hypothyroid, if you have them start using salt, they'll actually start feeling a lot better. Hypothyroidism as or not hypothyroidism, hypoadrenalism. Um, no, on the hypo side is actually a sign of a low salt environment too long over time. So you get people who are chronically dehydrated, the salt levels get lower and you'll see that on blood work. They'll be like lower yeah. on, the, on the lower range. Once you have them start salting, especially because most symptoms with hypoadrenalism, and you'll see this with runners, which is why I say it, they will get the issue of when they stand up, they get dizzy. And that's a sign of the blood pressure shift. And if you start giving them salt, they, that will go away and they will feel way better. Way better. I think so many people think, especially who are overweight, that they're supposed to avoid salt, avoid salt, avoid right. salt. Yeah, no, you want more because here's the deal. Like if you consume a bunch of salt, your body's made to process, I think it's up to 20 and 30 grams. Yeah. Like even the Romans back in the day consumed like 20 grams salt ice. Like there's just a lot of shit out there that I've read that I'm like, okay, I started adding salt and came like eight years ago and came off all my blood pressure medicine, started feeling better, started sleeping better. All these things start going. And if I look back at the labs, which if I, which I did, you could see my salt levels, my sodium blood levels were very yeah. low, but they went like on the lower end, but my potassium levels were normal. And it was because the foods I was eating, but I wasn't getting the right amount of salt. And I tell my clients to track their salt, to keep it consistent. They're tracking their blood glucose numbers. They're tracking their water. But when you throw these things off is when you start getting issues. I think what people do is they'll under eat salt. They don't eat. And then they go out and do like cheesecake yep. factory. And then they're like, salt makes me bloat. And it's like, right. yeah. yeah, well, you stole my thunder. I mean, I was going straight. No, it's okay. I was going straight for that because so I have three questions for you. Number one, what is the ideal range? And, and I know everybody's a little different. Okay. But what is the ideal range for salt women, men? So for guys, and this is what I've been playing around with. Um, I go by the half gallon and I start at two grams of salt per half gallon. And I slowly escalate them up 500 milligrams a week until they get to a point that their water is consistent. The salt's consistent. Most guys are looking about five to eight grams. Yeah. Okay. Most women notoriously eat like a thousand milligrams of salt when they really track it. And then they do their margaritas and they make up for it. And then they swell like Sonia says. And most women, once they start doing three and four grams, um, will feel a lot better. And, and that's if they're training hard because you got to remember, like, they're going to get better pumps. Uh, that's been the biggest thing. Like, because so if you and I, I talked about this with Jason during my prep, what happened within the first few weeks is I was flattening out when I was having all my refeeds and like nothing was holding. And I kept escalating my salt. And then I went through like a week where I looked worse. And then suddenly the next week I looked hard as nails. Yeah, it sucked it in. It once and oh. guess what that 
number was. Once I hit six grams of salt, once I hit six grams of salt, it shifted and I held. And the interesting thing is I did, um, what did I do? I did some uh, teriyaki chicken and rice to go for a refeed. Heavy salted shit from a Japanese place. I had no swelling or anything because my salt's been so high. That's not, that has a lot to do with aldosterone as well because the biggest right. yeah. biggest misconception this is for all our, our gen pop listeners and I that I talk to when they ask questions about dieting and nutrition is like hey make sure you're salting at least a quarter teaspoon or an eighth if it's yeah. a teaspoon correct one hundred percent with every meal and they're like no way there's no way I I know salt and I'm like thinking to myself like why right there's yeah. there's studies that prove that salt is actually really healthy for you. And they're like, because I blow. Well, you blow because there's a, there's a disbalance in your, in your water system right now. Yeah. That, that's, that's the reason behind it. So give it a week. Try, give it a week. You'll feel much better. So it's, try, yeah. it's actually really good that you discuss those ranges because I think that most people, and it's funny now that you, you're talking about it. It's one of those things. I'm having an aha moment that I love talking about, right? Because I'm noticing myself as I'm getting leaner and leaner. My pumps are not there. And I'm thinking, to my, as you're saying is, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? As a matter of fact, you're right. I'm probably not salting enough. You're, you're eating out less. You're doing like the variables change. And that's even when I'm telling my clients, it's like traveling versus not, even if you're eating out and hitting your macros, just know that there's going to be more sodium in a lot of those things. It's like deli meat versus home cooked chicken, completely different mm-hmm. macros are mac, macros are similar, but sodium changes. So I'll look at that too. Like with my clients on like weeks where maybe they're not dropping or like, wait, on averages we're going up. I'm like, well, what's different? Okay. Well, I I see that you changed to your meals to deli meat meals. That plays a huge difference just in like small water fluctuations. It'll level out with this and that. Um, What are some things, Jeff, that like people can add in on the supplement supplement side of things to improve HRV? Uh, Well, I think a lot of it, like I tell everybody is you got to start with a good vitamin C dose. Now, if you're on TRT as men and you pull iron, you have to be careful because vitamin C does pull more iron and you will see your hematocrit levels rise. But most women do really good with two to three grams of vitamin C a day. Most men do good with one. And they're needed. Vitamin C is actually needed with helping making adrenal hormones um, with lowering inflammation. Um, I'm real big on meditation. I'm real big on blue light blockers. For the supplement sides, I really think that Core to ease by new ethics. Yes, I'm friends with Jason. Yes, I pimp his products. Yeah, we all we're all but that's been a good one. And I think that if you're looking for a pretty good sweat, you know, filler that to try out would be uh sensorial. Um, you know, LSD does work great for your HRV, but by and large, supplements I have found that really it's only like a cortisol modulator tends to really help the HRV, like something to help with your cortisol. The best shit is usually just the lifestyle change right. and understanding your body's perception of stress. This isn't something, HRV is not something like I take a pill and tomorrow I wake up and my HRV is up 20 points. It's not going to happen. So can you attest that basically, and, and we can put this to rest because a lot of people that actually DM'd us with concerns about their HRV, some were saying it's too high. Some were saying it's too low. Uh, a lot of it and what, what I'm gathering from you talking is the majority is a long-term fix and it's a lifestyle change. It's the trends. So what is the trend set? So when people say they're high, I'm like, okay, but has it been high since day one? You know, because I mean, if it's a high since day one, maybe you just have, maybe that's just the way your body is. It doesn't mean anything. It, it's you helping you understand how to modulate stress and your body's ability to recover because that's what we don't do enough time doing. We spend a lot of time undernourishing and overtraining. 
And usually with, you know, gym pop people to competitors, nine out of 10, you have to get that to go to the other side. I need you to eat more and train less. And HRVs is a really good idea for people to have to really understand how to get the results that they want to get. Because when most people don't get the results they want to get or they expect is because they're doing too much shit and they need to pull it back. How, what percentage of an impact would you say that, that itself has on achieving your, your physique goals? I think for me, it's been nothing short of dramatic. I mean, HRV has made this prep a prior, uh, fun to me compared to others. And it was fun, but while I was going through it in COVID, because I was able to see how every little detail impacted it. And I was able to see like, okay, for the last 10 weeks, I've kept my bedtime about 6.30 at night central time and I'm up at 2, 2.30 in the morning and I go about my day, you know, and, and I've, I've really, you know, I, I think that it's been great because it's helped me understand like, okay, if I look at it and today's like a day, like it, I remember six weeks out, I was like going through a little shift and that whole week I was like watching my HRV and it started going down, started going down. So I just took a little deload, made it work. Yeah, it, I think that helps you during that. And I started getting, I busted and hit a new low later that week. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting that you say that. And I think it's important for our listeners to understand that we always talk about being more, it's not always better. Yep. And I can, and I can piggyback on what you just said right now. Um, I'm going through a phase in my life right now where I'm pulling 20 male directions. And, um, and I can tell the difference. It, when I look at myself in the mirror, sometimes in the morning, today was a perfect example. I had a really rough weekend with just putting fires left and right, trying to prepare for this week. And I look at my, myself in the mirror and I'm like, I look like shit. I feel bloated. I feel saggy. I feel crappy. I didn't sleep well. And it's a miracle when, when the days that I've, I've gone through that and I shut down the computer at 10 o'clock and it does happen from time to time because I'm a believer that, hey, you know what? I had a really crappy day yesterday. I'm going to force myself. And, I, and I've, been, I've been big on DSIP where I take and I'll double my DSIP dose and I knock out. It just helps me sleep faster, right? The next day, it's like looking at a different person, right? Physically, like I'm like, man, I'm tighter. I'm like, man, it's just incredible how these, these lifestyle changes impact your body, your physique so much. Um, it, it's been, it's been nothing but mind boggling to me. And like, again, I, I got frustrated with, with a whoop because I'm like, I don't need this fucking thing to tell me that I sleep like shit. I already know that. <laughs> right. But it is, it is kind of like a, a big indicator to the, the lifestyle changes that you need to have or make in order for you to be successful long-term primarily. Uh, you know, I, I read some studies that talk about HRV, uh, dictating how long you're going to live. Can you dive a little bit into that? So the HRV is correlated in nine out of 10 studies involving cause of death, according to the WHO, but considering how things went with COVID and all that, who knows if you believe the WHO anymore too much, but they do know that it is correlated low HRV consistently over time. And that span of time was not justified that I read to be anything, but a long time can be correlated with early cause of death. Wow. Because it's a marker of your cardiovascular health. If your cardiovascular health is constant shit, well, I mean, what do you expect? And you got stress affects your heart. Like that's why guys get killed over from stress and the heart attacks. That's not so much to do with like, you know, oh, this guy had this low HRV number. It's the low HRV number over time said this guy wasn't handling his stress and his body kept pulling from a bunch of resources. And then before you know it, pop goes the weasel. 
So you can correlate a lot of the, a lot of stress. And then obviously <clears throat> most likely it's a chain effect where you're, you're typically going into adrenal issues. Uh, your body's pumping a lot of cortisol. Your body doesn't know how to regulate it. So it's, it's an indicator of a lot of things that are happening internally. Then lack of sleep goes, goes into play. Cortisol levels start skyrocketing. Adrenal fatigue starts to set in. Digestion issues start to happen. Inside of the body, yeah. Your entire system is going to go to shit. And that's the reason why a lot of athletes uh, tend to have some gut digestion problems. Start getting into leaky gut system uh, issues. Start getting into uh, SIBO issues. All, it all correlates, and it's kind of interesting when we look back at the at the get the speakers that we've had. That everything and everything that everyone has spoken about correlates to one thing, and is how it all works synergistically in your body. Yep. Right, and it all correlates. If if you have to take into consideration, and we're very big on on the, the pillars of success: nutrition, hormone balance, and of course lifestyle. Right, it's not just one. You can't have one without the other. And if we can take HRV into monitoring the way that we can change, make minor changes, or maybe alternating changes in our lifestyle, I think our life could be that much better, right? So that's, that's a very good message to have. I agree 100%. Sonia, you have something to say? I just kind of just like, I mean, you basically killed it. It's just kind of like looking at things from a different perspective of like, but also again, having the willingness to do the work. I think mm -hmm. that that's where like, I always ask clients like, are you wanting this goal? Or are you willing to work for this goal? Cause those are two different things. You can want to be in the best shape of your life. If you're not willing to make any changes, you're probably not going to get there. And so being realistic with the goals and where you're mentally at is really important. And, it, and it's not just when it comes to losing weight, but also longevity, because I think that's something that gets missed a lot is not just like, how do you look? It's like, how do you feel? And like, where, like, are you going to live longer because of this? And those are the things that I think take the most work because a lot of times it took us 20, 30 years to get to that position of bad habits. And it doesn't just happen overnight. And unfortunately, a lot of times it's two or three steps forward and then maybe one or two steps back and then two or three steps forward. But we are progressing just like weight loss is not linear. We have those ups and downs. So being willing to keep moving towards that common goal and saying, you know, my goal is for the next three months to like improve my sleep. And so it can improve all areas of my life. It's why I'm so big on sleep, but you have, to, you can't just be like, oh, I wore blue blockers for a night. Like I'm good to go. Or I got a good night's sleep last night or I took DS, DSIP, mm -hmm. DSIP and I slept really good. It's like, okay, but those lifestyles aren't changing and you may feel really good, but it's like, we also have to look at things down the road, like Alzheimer's dementia, like things that are, are these, these things, like these big fucks that we don't pay attention to right now right. because going out drinking with the boys sounds like more fun. And so just kind of like being realistic with goals, but also looking at long-term vision of like, where do you want to be when you're old? And it all wraps them to, into the word that we started with earlier today, the word I can't, because I, I see a lot of uh, our listeners, we're making impact at Heartfast Fitness. And we have a lot of listeners that are ping us saying, hey, you, 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 the, the things that you guys are putting out there uh, is really making me understand different factors that are going on in my life. This is what I'm going on through, but I feel that I can't. And one of the messages that we want to take away from this episode in terms of HRV and lifestyle is let's try to forget the word can't and work towards what you can do one step at a time every single day. I struggle with it all my life because I, I, I chronically run high cortisol levels. So I've learned different techniques Am I successful every fucking day? No, I'm not. I'll be honest with you. I'm not perfect. I go through my own struggles where I'm a so walking stress. I get, I mean, I got five calls for five different fires that I got to put out after this, right? But you got to take one one step at a time, one thing at a time, and know that those problems are you're always going to have them. 
And if you don't pinpoint your health, like yesterday, I had a, a conversation actually with Chris. He, he called me, how you doing? I'm like, man, I'm having a really hard, hard weekend, you know, and, and week last week. So we talked a little bit about that. He goes, man, and, and Chris and I, uh, at Rejuvenate, we're very, very good friends. We're very close. He says, I want you to close that fucking laptop and put that phone on mute go out on a date tonight, go to a movie. And I did exactly that. Now, did it, did it make me fall behind? Yeah, but you know what? I actually slept really fucking good. I woke up and I'm in a much better state. That's a win for me. So when people say I can't do this, make it about having one win every single week. Make it into having two wins every single week and talk and think about progression. I think the biggest issue with, with people is that we try to take too much and try to get too much too fast too quick sometimes and it's about one little win at a time and it, it, just like you said it's a mindset it's like the i can't is is i promise you it's a mindset it's like jeff bodybuilder it's like overcame bodo brittle bone disease me it's like ex-drug addict it's like i've been shot at stabbed overcome heroin addiction meth addiction and seven felonies so please don't tell me that you can't wake up and measure your chicken beautiful you know what i mean you it you will find a way or you will find an excuse, bottom line, every single time. Listen, the people who want to take uh, approach to their health are the ones who also take approach to their wealth. And yep. what I mean by that is if you want to watch something that will frustrate you, watch your 401k grow. <laughs> but, but your health and fitness journey is just like watching your 401k grow. Right. And HRV is like checking in daily to make sure your investment's going down the right path. Love That's it. You know, I'm going to wrap it up with that, guys, because this conversation has been fucking just insanely positive. Look uh, at you swearing. I, I'm like, I'm so stoked because I, I can already hear the messages that and I and I'm in my mind, I'm going to some of the messages that I get working with Chris with Rejuvenate, working the messages that we've gotten through Rejuvenate, the message that we've gotten through um Team Amino Pure, the struggles that people actually go through on a daily basis, it's changed me. Okay, well, doing this, I mean, I, I talk about my background. I'm, I'm an aerospace guy. I've been in aerospace for like 24 years. And this changed me because it is, it's allowed me to really understand people's humanity and the vulnerability that is out there. And what can we do collectively to make a change every single day is key to what we're doing. We don't, as I've always said it, and Sony knows, we don't do this for money. I, we don't make money off this podcast. We do this because we want to see people succeed. And if we get one person that can say, hey, I listened to Jeff Black talking about HRV and I'm the one that says I can't, but you know what? I had a win this week, then it makes it all worthwhile. Any closing statement, guys? No, thank you guys so much for having me on. It kicked ass. I'd like to come back on in the future if the guests want me back. I'm <laughs> You're always welcome at Hard Fast Fitness. President and Book Daddy himself are absolutely <laughs> yeah, no awesome, guys. Uh, let's close by saying thank you to all our listeners. Uh, follow the Excellence Cartel. You guys are going to be blown away. I've been following these guys um, even before they actually knew I existed here. Uh, the Excellence Cartel, a wealth of, of information and knowledge for competitive and non-competitive bodybuilders and uh, physique enthusiasts. With that being said, I want to wrap this, this, um, this podcast by telling you guys, believe in yourselves. Uh, believe in the things that you want to accomplish in life. Stop saying you can't because you're setting yourself up to fail. See what you can do. Listen to the podcast. Listen to people. Surround yourself with people that can be positive and impacts in your life. And I think that uh, you'll be that much better. With that being said, as I always say, God first, family second, everything else comes after that. And this is a wrap. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, guys.